Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of Brothers Echo Radio. Today is a bonus episode. You know, I just felt the need to do something just a tad bit different. But, but, but before I get into that, I want to thank each and every one of you all for tuning in. And as I say, as always and always, thank you for tuning in to Brothers Echo Radio. It means a lot as as these numbers are going all the way up (laughs) because they certainly are. But as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, this is a bonus episode with your girl, Simone. Um, So that's what I'm here to do uh, real quick, fast and in a hurry, but with quality as always. Um, Some of you have noticed that I had an episode, one of the first episodes, but it's moved up to the top and it says repeat. And the reason it's up there like that, because I was asked about it. Uh, I have it up there because I wanted to add more context to it. So that's why you have it. And then I might end up removing that and or, and or redoing it because that was one of the first episodes there. But anyway, this bonus episode uh, pretty much talks about, talks about single parent life in a way, but more so um, this is rather personal to me, single parent life, because um, I, that episode has been on my mind for a while. Uh, single parent life is always on my mind, but since, you know, I am a single mom. So I want to talk about the ability, the ability to learn. I like that topic, the ability to learn. And when I listened to the episode again, and I had a few conversations about that, I thought about where I was at that time and in that space when all of that when everything was new to me and when I say everything was new to me I certainly mean being a brand new mother a brand new mom and then also the challenges that were coming along with it but first let me break down ability as you all know if you listen to me I like to break down words because I never ever want to assume that someone knows where I'm coming from. So when you talk about the ability, uh, to put it in simple terms, you're talking about the power or um, the capability to to do or to act. It may be mental, it may be legally, it may be morally, uh, your finances or or, uh, physically, but to have the capacity, to have the ability to do something. You have that ability to do it, right? So, uh, or, or it can be in your job or training skills or qualifications. Someone may have the ability to sing well, your talents, special skills, aptitudes. It's just, you have the ability, the capability to act out on whatever, uh, that thing, whatever that thing is. So, uh, now that I've gotten that out of the way, I want to talk about, uh, but I struggled with for a moment. So when I first became a single mother, a single mom, for a moment, it felt like a while, but for a moment, I almost believe that my new beginning uh, would be too much for me. You know, I did. Um, I almost believe I did not have the ability to be a new mom because at that time I was going through a divorce. Um, and I want to remind a lot of you 
that growing up, I never witnessed. I never, I didn't know what divorce was. I mean, I know what divorce was, but that's something I never experienced divorced or my parents separating or anything like that. So for me to be a single mom, that was a, a, a true experience that I had to navigate through and I had no roadmap. You know, I like to be able to depend back on things and say, okay, I've seen this before. I've seen this exit or I've seen this turn. I've never seen it. So, you know, uh, it was a bit much for me at that time. And then now I'm a mom and a first time mom at that. So that came with his own set of fears and um, concerns. And then with that going on, I was unhealthy in every part of the part of the word. I was so unhealthy. Um, I mean, it was obvious, you know, my height helps me out quite a bit because I'm tall. I'm a tall woman. So when we put on weight, it's not as noticeable, but it got to the point where it was noticeable, where I was just fat. I'm not going to clean that up. Y'all, I was a big one. I was big. Um, I was hurt. I was angry. I was, I don't want to say angry. I was scared, really. I was scared. And I'm thinking, okay. You know, and in pregnancy, it comes with its own set of weight um, for some of us, a lot of us. And all that was happening. And then professionally at that time, I'm, I'm trying to keep my head above water because I wasn't telling anyone what I was going through. For the most, I think for the most part, because I've always been a pretty private person. So this podcast is interesting to me because if you know me, you know, I'm the type that I, I rather observe. I don't say too much and maybe I don't say too much because I don't want to say too much, but no, I, I don't really say too much. I'm the type that sit back and observe and listen. And I like to learn. Um, so no one knew, really knew I was married for the most part, really. Um, there wasn't a happy situation for me and I just leave it at that. But I was drowning. So let's look at the word drowning, right? In the physical sense, we talk about the physical sense uh, of drowning. When a person is drowning, there's an instinct. Like, you know, you're, you're not supposed to breathe, right? But that, that instinct to breathe is there. You know, you're underwater and these instincts are so strong. Um, it becomes agony because you know your air is running out. You know, and there's panic. Uh, no matter how desperate the drowning person is, he or she, they know, okay, I, 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 I know not to inhale, but my body's telling me to inhale and I'm on a verge, excuse me, verge of losing, losing consciousness. There's a panic that comes on you when you're drowning. And now I'm just talking about the natural, right? So when, when a person's drowning, I was going through all that emotionally. Like, and my emotions are all over the place. I didn't share it though. Like one thing I've always, I was good at, at least I thought I was, was hiding what I was going through. You will still see me. My makeup will still be done to the nine. You know, I was trying to keep it together, but I refused to, I never put my hand up for someone to pull me up. I didn't do it. I didn't tell anyone that, hey, I am going through this at this time and I, I need some help. 
And it was interesting at that time in my life, in that period, y'all, I had people now, now I'm speaking for where I was now this time. I really don't mind it too much. But at that time I had people not liking me for whatever reason and not realizing that I would have given anything for a hug at that time, for someone just to hug me, for someone just to say, it's going to be okay. You know, with my height and my stature, I always walk with my head up high. I've always done that, but I had people just not liking me who didn't know me because I've always been the type of person I think I stay out of the way. I don't make waves. I don't make no moves unless it's, you know, about my business, you know, things like that. But I've always been kind of laid back and cool. However, I dealt with, you know, more so women who didn't like me for whatever reason. And not realizing that, y'all, I would have given, I would have paid anything for someone to not pay y'all, but for someone just to grab me and hug me, but I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. I didn't even really tell, um, I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone how, how I was feeling because I didn't really know how to really explain those emotions. I didn't know how to, then I felt like, all right, I placed myself in this, in this situation. You know, I did this to me. It's what I'm telling myself. It's my fault. I'm sitting there having a whole battle within myself. And the, the worst thing you can do is is only only have your voice. That is the worst thing you can do. Because now you've placed yourself some sort of prison. When you let your pride and your ego and when you let shame get in the way. But shame has a way of silencing you. And you don't want that. So... I didn't tell anyone. Uh, I remember at one point, could, you know, because that divorce, it, it took some time, y'all. Like, I was just trying to figure out ways to get through this divorce. Like, can we do it online? And I saw you can pay like $500 to pay, pay for it. I'm like, yo, let's just do it because I'm going through it. And then um, at this time, I believed, yeah, at the time I lived in, uh, I lived in Louisiana. And... When I tell you I was going through the motion every day, um, going to church, going to work, being a mom. And I would literally, and I remember I would sit in church and not hear a word the preacher said. Because I don't know where I was mentally. I was just like, just going through it. It was just a habit I've developed. You know, get up, get ready, get my daughter ready and go, go, go. But I wasn't there because I was like, how? Yeah, I'll leave it at that. I remember... And I'm not going to say too much about it, but I remember um, I did share with the individual at a church, uh, the preacher at this one particular church. And I'm not going to say anything too much, go into great detail with that. And that individual, they knew what was going on. And I tried to go through the counseling process, the, tr- the marriage counseling process and maybe, OK, can we fix this? And I knew I wasn't supposed to be in that situation, that marriage, but I wanted to fix it because I was afraid. I was like, okay, I'd rather just stick it out with this situation because I don't know what's on the other side of this. And I'm too afraid to look around the corner. But I know I'm not healthy. I know I'm not happy. I know this this is just not it for me. And so that individual, uh, this uh, preacher knew about it. And we would meet. I think we met this individual once a week, I believe. My, you know, the ex and I. And I don't want to say too much about the ex. I'm my whole point is to talk about how I went through and what I experienced. So um, I'm going to leave that individual out. However, I remember one early morning service. We would call it 8 o'clock service. So this is in, in Louisiana. 
and I'm sitting in church and I would go to eight o'clock service. Because one thing about me, no matter what I'm going through, I like to serve. I would, I'm the type of person, I'm happy to clean up. I'll clean up a church. I don't want to be on a stage. I'll clean. The service, serving has always gave, I was, I received peace with serving. Uh, Left turn in a conversation. I'm a type of person and I found this out recent. Well, not recently, but if I'm having a horrible day, if I just receive some, just some news that, you know, I've received news that kind of knocked the wind out of me before. What makes me feel something better is serving, is giving. And I'm thankful for that. I thank God for that. Anyway, so I'm sitting in this eight o'clock service and I'm sitting there and, and I'm just thinking whatever I'm thinking, because I'm not feeling anything. You remember I said, I'm going through the motion, just going through day to day. And I, I look at the preacher and he's off the pulpit. He's walking around with the mic and Buddy Rose start preaching about me and saying, and it's crazy. I don't remember everything he said. I remember just being in a tunnel vision, like, yo, is he is he really doing this? This really happens? And I remember after he got done saying what he said, he looked at me with such disgust and rolled his eyes because how dare you leave your husband? And I sat through that. Now me, Francis Moore Rogers, now that'll never happen. I'm a type of person. I stand up and like, nah, nah, show it. What you, what you just say? <laughs> or I will walk away. But I sat there. Because you remember, I wasn't talking to anybody. I'm drowning in every part of my life. And then I just, the, the one individual who knew a little bit just said what they said. And this particular Sunday, I, I remember now, I was sitting in the back of the church. And I remember just looking. And then the responses of the people in church were like, ooh. I, I remember that. And I remember just being like, wow, like, what am I saying like? I remember just really being hurt in that moment. Also feeling like, okay, well, it's, it's my fault. Everything I knew not to do or be a part of, I, I let happen to me. Right. It's I'm going somewhere with this. I promise you. Right. And I remember just being confused. That's all I can say about that. I mean, talk about being defeated. However, I decided that I had to rely on the lessons I learned from my mother, from my father, from my home church in Jacksonville, Florida. I love my, I miss my home church, Southside Church of God in Christ, from my, from my bishop, a, a real pastor, y'all, real, real man of God. And I had to learn and, and, and rely on those lessons from my grandmother. And I had to begin to pray. And I would pray and I'll make time to pray and just pray because I didn't know what else to do. And I remember the times growing up in church, especially in the summer times, I would go to this town, a uh, city called Pompano Beach, Florida, Florida, where my grandmother lived, grandparents lived. And we'll go there most summers. And uh, my grandmother would take myself, would take me, my cousins, and there was another mother. And I never remember her name. My mom always had to remind me this mother's name. 
And my grandmother would open the doors of the church and uh, they would just pray. And <laughs> they would just pray. And I would sit there like, I want to go outside. But they would pray. And my grandmother, she would tell us to pray too. And she said, if you don't, if you don't know what to say, just call Jesus. Just say Jesus. And we would say Jesus to the point, it didn't sound like Jesus. Like, oh, can we just go? But my mind went back to those moments because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I was just going through it and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't reach my hand up for help. However, I remembered those moments. And I'm so thankful for those moments. So I began to call on Jesus in my life. I began to say, God, I don't know what to do. You know, these folks at this crazy church somehow work it out, you know, but I know something's, I can't work this. I don't want to work this out. I can't work this out. This is not where I need to be. Um, this, these things are happening, God. So I just began to pray. That just became my posture in life. And when I say pray, I don't mean that I was on my knees all the time saying, Thou Father who art in heaven. No, I would be just driving to the, I could be driving to the store or I could work on a report. But in my heart, I would just pray. You'll never know. And then as I began to do that, I began to reach my hand up for help from that drowning sensation. And I began to talk. And I remember I told my mother, I'm not going to say too much. And I, I, I still remember where I was. I was in Louisiana. And I remember I, I began to share, I shared one thing with my mom what happened. And she was just like, what? You better da 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 But I began to talk. And I told, and I started telling, you know, my mom, hey, this has been happening. I didn't tell about the church thing. So this may be her first time hearing it. I'm sorry, mama. <laughs> but I began to reach put my hand out the water and say, help. And my first, then by saying help, I'm saying, God, help me. I need you to help me. I was totally vulnerable because no one knew what I was going through. And see, that's why I, I'm nice to people. Because I remember when I was wearing that mask. I remember when I would smile, but on the inside, I'm falling apart because I just didn't know how to make it. I didn't think I could make it. I remember those moments. So one thing about me, baby, I'm going to be nice because I love people. And sometimes that person may just want to smile. Me, I'm not a hugger at all. If you know me, you know I'm not the type that's going to wrap my arms around you, honey. However, I'm going to love you. But now more so, you know, I'll hug people. Let me take, take that back. I will. It just depends. I will. And you know it. Like, I, you feel like, you know, this sister, this brother, let me hold you. Let me hug you. Because I remember what it was like, you know, going through that. And I remember, like, yo, like, I just need somebody just to hug me. I remember. So, when I began to go back to those moments, to those lessons... And I started learning and understanding that I, I can be okay. See, I'm sitting here on this battlefield by myself with no equipment on, letting the enemy whoop my behind. <laughs> you know, to the point where I'm believing everything. So I'm telling myself everything I'm being told and everything that's happening is my fault. I'm believing all this garbage. I hope I'm helping somebody on this podcast. It's okay to say, hey, I need somebody to help me. 
I am not okay. It is okay to say and know that you're not okay because we can get you okay. Someone's there to help you. But let me tell you what happened. And I've said this before, I believe. So where I was stationed, we had these houses. You have military housing. And the housing on this base, it was new housing. It was privatized, privatized housing. And these houses were really nice. And if you know anything about military housing, it can be a hit and miss, hit or miss, right? But these houses were nice. And it was just word like, oh, yeah, you can't get this house unless you are this person or you have these amount of kids. It's hard to get this house, those homes over there. It's so hard to get those homes. Now, I'm in a situation. I was living in an apartment at the time. And so I was, I was going through all my funds, depleted all my funds. I didn't tell my mom, hey, my mom, I'm struggling. I didn't, I didn't say anything and, but no one knew. And so I told my mom what had happened, what was going on. And she said, Simone, I want you to go to that military house. Cause I told her about the house and she said, you go over there and you go look at it. You go look at those houses. Now I'm thinking to myself, I don't have the money to even get movers. My mama don't know this. I don't have none of this stuff. But know my mom, the way I know my mom, she would have paid for everything. And I, ain't, I didn't want my mom to do the, any of that because I, at that time, was still blaming myself. But I had, work, had worked through that. I will say one thing about my mom. And she think you, if she think I need something, it's going to be here in bulk. <laughs> she need to go ahead and buy Sam's or something. And so um, she told me, she said, I want you to go to that military housing office. And then you call me once you get out of there. Once you go there, you call me back once you go. So I went to the military housing office and I remember there was this gentleman, a uh, black man. He appeared to be in his forties. I'm nervous because I'm thinking to myself, I don't have the, you know, the requirement, any of the requirements to get in what they're asking for. I'm going in there already. Listen to my own voice. Right. And I said, hi, I introduced myself and I said, I'm interested in your houses over there. And then I started already saying self-defeating things like, well, I'm pretty sure you, you all don't have any room. And, but I was just kind of curious about it. And he said, you know what? So let me tell you, this is a, how real God is in my life. No one can ever tell me that God is not real. This brother looked at me. He said, oh, yeah, let me add your name to the list. Normally, there's a whole process to add your name to the list. There's a whole process. And the process I told myself I didn't qualify for already this man added my name to the top of this list i remember the paper he wrote it down he said what's your name first and last name okay when you want to move in i said oh, oh i haven't seen a house i haven't looked at it he said i'm adding your name to the list anyway just go look at the houses and come back so i'm thinking to myself what is this said, okay cool so i go to the house and i see this house two-story big house single parent i mean i mean it's beautiful homes uh single um family home build and I look at it and it's a big park in the front yard and a huge park in the, in the backyard front and backyard and it's I think it was like one two three I think it was three bedrooms maybe four and so for a house like that you have to qualify you know you're looking at your rent requirement you're looking at how many um, people in your family now keep in mind there's only two of us right my daughter it's the two of us me and my baby girl 
And so I said, I like this house. It was just so pretty and I liked it. And I got the address. He already gave me the address. So I went back to, to the housing office and he asked me what I thought about it. And I said, I love it. I love the house. This man looked me in my face, y'all. He said, it's yours. And I was just blown away. I said, it's my house? He said, it's yours. And then I'm thinking, okay, movers. How am I going to get movers? And it's a, it was like, it was as if as I was thinking it, he began to answer my questions. He said, have you ever lived in base housing before? I said, no, I never lived in base housing. He said, well, did you know, since it's your first time moving in base housing, your move is free. You don't have to pay for a thing. We, we cover your movers. And I remember just thinking, what? You cover my movers? And he looked at me. He said, when do you want to move in? And then he looked. He said, well, we have some stuff going on in this house. We're trying to do some renovations. I guess paint, whatever. He said, we can, he gave me a date. I said, okay, I, I take the house. And I walked out and the house was mine, y'all. It was mine. I didn't owe anybody anything. I didn't have to pay any movers. There was nothing. It was that process. God is real. And so I said, okay. And then I remember he called me or housing called me a little short after, after that and said, hey, we're going to move up your move-in date because everything was, you know, completed, you know, sooner than we expected. So it's yours. And I, I got the movers there to the house. And I'm not going to go into all the details. And I moved into this house. And I'm, I remember sitting on the stairs of this house, right, at the time. With my little girl. And Naya, she was a little, tiny little thing. And she looked at me. And she said, Mommy, I'm proud. She said, I'm happy for me. And I'm happy for you. And I remember just, and I didn't have any furniture at the time and all that, really. And we we're just sitting on the steps of the house in our in our new house, and we were on my phone watching TV. And I'm telling you, every sunset feels brighter. Every sunrise feels brighter. The moment I asked for help, the moment I realized I had the ability to do this thing called life. See, I don't really talk about... Um, when, when I talk about certain things in this podcast, I talk about what has worked for me. I talk about what helped me get through. And so no matter what you are going through, you can get through it, baby. And, and so I got the house and then my finances were restored. I started going to counseling. Y'all get some help. If you need to talk to somebody, go to counseling. Go, it's, there is absolutely nothing wrong with sitting across from a counselor. You can, I think it's virtual options. They have virtual options now where you can sit with a counselor and, and just be yourself and just be your true self and say, hey, this is, this is going on in my life. And sitting down and talking with someone, get the voices out. And a lot of times those are attacks. And I'm going to take this to, you know, um, the God part, because, you know, I don't have my Christianity at all and who I am. A lot of times those are attacks from the enemy because, see, the enemy wants you to be silent about what you're going through. So you can go through that torture so you can go through that shame so you can go through whatever that prison is. So you never reach your true potential. Because what, what would have happened had I allowed myself to believe those negative thoughts? I would not be here today. There's no way. 
But I thank God for a praying grandmother, a praying mom, a praying mother. My mom, a praying mother. Even when I didn't tell her what was wrong, she knew. She knew something was off. And my mom, we talk every day. We talk. And then my mom, I think shortly after that, I got in the house. My mom, she was right there. (laughs) She was right there. But talk about it. But things started, were restored. My life began to change in a tremendous way. You know, let people think they know you. So what? But take care of you. Don't do anything. Just trust God. I'm going to leave it at that. Just trust God in everything that you do. And know that you have the ability, you have the skill to do what it is that needs to be done. Because on the outside, in the natural, there's no way I I should have gotten that house. And then things began to progress even more. And I'm not going to share my business on here at all. Too much of my, more of my business, more than I already shared. But let me tell you professionally, and I'm going to leave it at this. God opened a door for me that blew my mind recently. See, I wasn't going to retire because I'm thinking, ah, I got time. But there was an opportunity that came up that the Lord, where these people were looking for me. And I was offered a position, salary and all that, that I've, man, that changed my entire life. But when I went through what I was going through, it was, I was, I was building, I was learning, I was going through it. I was getting stronger and getting stronger and getting stronger and getting stronger. Then of course, going back to school and getting the education, you know, doing those things for myself, getting back into the gym, going to the track, talking to a counselor, getting checkups with my doctor and being the best person I can be for that. My little girl, she's going to be a teenager this year. That's crazy to me. Just being the best person that I, Simone, can be. I hope what I said has helped someone. I know I'm country at times. I had that country draw, but I think you all can pick up what I put down. But I truly hope that something I said today on this bonus episode has truly helped someone. Because from the bottom of my heart, I love you. But you have to love you too. And understand, I want you to live this life for an audience of two. I want you to live this life. And I want you to want to live this life for an audience of two. And that's God and that's you. And you got this, whoever you are. And if you ever want to reach me, feel free to send your girl an email. And you can hit me up on Brothers Echo Radio at gmail.com that is brothers echo radio at gmail.com all right until next time take care bye